Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I uh, have a great interview. This week, I'm talking with Mr. Kevin Byers. He is the owner of Iron Maid Gym. And so uh, this would be very, very, very informative. I was um, I was thinking after we did the interview, it's a very business 101. There's a lot of great things in there. I, well, I wouldn't say business 101. I would say it's uh, probably like a first year's business program uh, broken down because we talk about the very start of it, the process, the the, the legal stuff, the, the, the financial stuff, uh, the transitioning from a previous owner of a building to him taking over the building, all these different things. And uh, so it's just really, really good. And, you know, I had a good time in this interview. So uh, I thank Kevin for doing it. But uh, before we jump into the interview, do I do have a couple things I wanted to just let you know about. Uh, one thing that happened this past week, which was very, very unfortunate. And uh, if you've been following Track Stars, uh, hopefully you have heard about this. But our social media director, uh, he, he goes by Crispy. Some call him Crisp, and he uh, he was viciously attacked with uh, acidic acid, and so sixty percent of his body was was burnt with it. He's been going through uh, several surgeries already in just uh, the past week that it's happened, and so we ask you for your prayers. There's a GoFundMe set up for him. Uh, I'm going to uh, try to share that in the show description, uh, even though it is going to be, you know, hopefully, you know, all of the funds will be met soon, but, uh, you know, even you know, going above and beyond, that would be fantastic if we could do that. So all of you in the business with Bordeaux community, the track stars universe, and anybody else who was checking us out, who's not necessarily in those particular, uh, networks all the time. I do ask that you support this individual, uh, he worked with, uh, you know, youth. He was a, a youth program uh, volunteer and you know, just a really great guy overall. So we do ask for your prayers and your support for him. And I appreciate you uh, and doing, you know, whatever you can to help that out. And so the next thing I wanted to tell you is we are doing a giveaway. Now, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kelly Cole, he was an individual on the show. Uh, if you don't remember, it was probably two months ago, I think. And he is the uh, he's the 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 manager for Aaron Cole, the artist who just got signed to Goatee Records, and but he wrote uh, several books. He has a book publishing company, and so he ended up giving me a copy of his Conversations with Sharks book. Now this is the book where he talks about on the actual episode we did, where he uh, interviewed some of the sharks from Shark Tank. He took all of the notes that he took while watching the show, and he put them in this book. And so there is a signed copy of the book that we're going to be giving to a lucky individual. And so all you have to do to enter is share your favorite episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast on your social media and hashtag Business with Bordeaux. And on May 1st, we'll be picking and uh, selecting a winner out of those who do that. And you're going to get a free copy of this book sent to you. So, uh, you know, and this book is it's it's really cool because it's like taking it's a whole bunch of like um what they call footnote or not footnotes but it's like bullet points a bullet point book and then you know he interviews two of the sharks from up there which is really cool so uh Damon John and Barbara Cochran 
And so make sure you enter to win that. Again, all you got to do is share your favorite episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast on your social media and hashtag Business with Bordeaux. And so anyway, without further ado, oh, real quick, I do have to shout out my patrons. almost forgot. Um, Mr. Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com. Make sure you check it out. If you need to get some clothing or some apparel done, head over to TrueStrengthApparel.com. Actually, Aaron is the one that uh, hooked me up with Kevin Byers to do the interview. And so, Aaron, I appreciate you. Love you, man. Thank you for that. And also, uh, Mr. Prophet Josiah. Uh, he is a recording music artist. He also is the individual we talked about music publishing. And so, go check out. He, he has an EP coming, but uh, you can go check out all of his singles. His newest one is uh, it's titled My God is Dope and very, very catchy. Uh, you know, you could just send me a ride to and really enjoy. And so check that out as well as, uh, Mr. LT Smith. LT is also a recording artist and he's got a new single called for the culture. And so all of those links will be provided. So you can check the music out and you can check out, uh, true strength, the pearls website. And without further ado now, here's the interview with Kevin Byers. Alrighty, welcome to another interview here on the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Uh, I'm excited about this one myself. Um, when I was in college, when I was in business school, there was a, a young man who wanted to start his own gym. And so and ab- right after that, uh, my brother Aaron Simpkins told me about this guy who owned a gym that he knew and said that he did so uh, very well, that he was a, a great guy. So I wanted to get him on the show. Today I have with me Mr. Kevin Byers, the owner of Iron Maid Gym. How's it going, man? It's going fantastic, Jason. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate you taking the time, being on the show. Uh, as I tell you, know, a lot of the business owners that jump on this podcast, you know, I know it takes time to cut out, especially whenever you are, you're, you're heading up a company and, um, and, and, and I do consider, you know, anything a company. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably use different lingos for the gym, but, uh, but yeah, man. So, uh, you know, just kind of just want people to get to know you a little bit more, uh, maybe on a personal level before we jump into the, the, the business aspect of, uh, Iron Maid gym, but just let people know like who is Kevin Byers and, you know, why did you, uh, kind of get interested in doing any of this to begin with? Right. Right. So, um, I guess I started up, I grew up on a farm. Um, so I knew what hard work was at the beginning. Uh, I fell in love with basketball first, I'd say. Uh, that later transferred into, well, how do you get stronger for a sport? So then I started lifting later in high school. I was always the smallest kid in the court, um, but really fell in love with lifting a lot, especially going into college. Um, went to Slip Rock University, majored in business marketing and management. And through that is when I had my real big growth spurt, so to speak. Uh, for my freshman year in college, I was still five five and 155 pounds and then i went up to six three and 220 plus so it was a it was a big jump it took a big toll on my knees got to take some time off from basketball because of that but that's when i got into bodybuilding so that's when i really dove into the uh the weight room environment so to speak and so it was uh in college yes okay now that's interesting to hear that so you're and a growth spurt made you stop doing basketball? It definitely hindered it. Uh, my, my patella tendons had so much tendonitis in it that I was walking around on crutches a lot of time. I spent two years in and out of physical therapy. 
Wow, that's that's interesting, man. I've never heard anything like that. That's so so you transitioned to doing bodybuilding. Now uh, now we've had a bodybuilder on the show. Uh, we had DeAndre Campbell, and so we talked about that a little bit. But uh, if you will, just try to you know just, just break down real quick for those who might not have heard that interview. What bodybuilding actually is? Yeah, so bodybuilding, you're you know you're doing your conditioning, your mass building, all that kind of stuff. But then you have to leading up to a show, you have to pretty much strip away all the fat, and a lot of people do water depletion. And then you pretty much go on stage in a speedo, and it's an art form to it because you have to present yourself in a 60-second routine, um, choreographed music if you'd like, but um, showcase pretty much what you got. And there's mandatory poses you have to do, and then they bring all the classes back out on stage. Uh, you do a pose down, and then you go from there. So did you have a particular song that you would pose to? Uh, my first one I posed to a couple of different uh, songs mashed together, some rock. Um, but now I actually switched more to, um, you know, Christian rap. Uh, I've done NF intro one and two. Uh, he's my he's my dude. Gotcha. Love that guy. He gets me hyped. But um, yeah, that's more what I'm into now. Okay, okay. So you do. Uh, so you still do bodybuilding? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. That's uh, I think that's a, a good look for a you know especially a gym owner is, you know, doing what it is that you're, you know, kind of uh, providing the access to. And, you know, a lot of times, I guess, you know, there are people who own businesses and they don't really, they're not, a, they're not a, uh, I guess, a customer of their own business, I, I guess I'd say. And uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. Now, you know, when did you, uh, how did you get involved into, you know, wanting to actually uh, own a gym what were the kind of steps that led up to you saying, okay, this is something I want to do for a living? Right. Um, so when I graduated from Slippery Rock, I was in business marketing and management, and I spent uh, six months unemployed after that looking for a job. I was in the, the classic catch-22 of no one would hire you because you don't have any experience. Yeah. But experience, no one hires you, right? So that was, I'm sure lots of other people have been through that. Frustrating. But I got my first sales job working at uh, the Grove City Outlets just doing um, retail sales for clothing and stuff. Uh, did that for six months. And all that time I was lifting at a, a local gym that had been there for 18 years. And then one day the, uh, I went in, the owner came up to me and said, Hey, Kev, I got some bad news. You know, I'm going to be closing up. And he was, I thought he was joking. And then I looked at him and he was clearly devastated. And then I was devastated. You know, I felt bad for the guy. Uh, he, he'd been a big part of my life and showing me the ropes of how to weight train and whatnot. Um, so then it became a problem solving solution. You know, how, how can, you know, I need a place to lift. So do my friends. So how can we come up with a place or where are we going to go next? Um, the chain industry, you know, the plan of fitness, all that kind of stuff that wasn't our style whatsoever. Uh, so we just started coming up with ideas and we're like, all right, we're going to either do a garage gym or this or that. And, you know, one thing led to another and, um, I was able to actually move into the spot where the previous gym just left that guy helped me get started and uh was able to find some equipment and that that's just that whole story is just a the best case story of my life of when god just completely intervened and just took control of everything and was just like hey here's what you need to do you what you were trying wasn't working go do this instead and it was uh, it was nothing short of amazing 
So can you just uh, break down a little bit more what you mean, what you were trying wasn't working? What was it that wasn't working? Absolutely. So I was I was frustrating working in the uh, the clothing sales. Um, there wasn't really anywhere to go up in that industry. Uh, I'd been there for six months, like I said. Um, so what I was trying to do was start some type of a gym, whether it was in a basement, whatever, for myself, for my friends. And, you know, I, <laughs> excuse me, I woke up the one morning and I had three different locations, you know, picked out that, uh, of equipment I found on Craigslist. And I just, you know, I got up and um, I look again and it's all gone. And I'm just like, what is going on? You know, I thought I had everything planned out. Everything was, you know, going to come together and uh, all fell apart right there. And I was, I was just devastated. And um, I remember just sitting there crying and I'm like, you know what? The one thing I didn't do is I didn't pray a single time about this. You know, yeah. shame on I was I was honestly embarrassed for myself. You know, that that's not how I conduct myself and I knew better. So right then and there, you know, I just started praying more about it, seeking God's will about it. And <laughs> I, I answered an ad on Craigslist. This guy was selling 45 pound plates and it was a good price. So I called him up and he's like, yeah, Kev, you know, I got a whole bunch of other stuff. Come on out. So. I drove out to Boardman and uh, the industrial part, this little warehouse in the back. I had no idea where I was. I've never met this guy before in my life. I took someone else with me, and um, we walk into this first room, and there's this cable machine that is just disassembled. And I'm like, oh, that looks really familiar. What is that? And he's like, that's the uh, Carrion Jungle. It's a six-station piece of equipment. I'm like, dude. He, and I didn't tell them this, but I, inside I was just jumping because two days before that, <clears throat> I saw this piece of equipment online for sale, and I set it as the background to my computer at home. And I said, before I die, I want to own that piece of equipment because wow. it is beautiful. And it was just another case of like God's like, hey, you know, here's a used piece. You'll save some money on this. <laughs> so you know, we're walking through the rest of equipment and whatnot, and. Um, I wrote it down a list of everything that I wanted. And then this guy is like, oh, by the way, I don't take checks. And I'm like, huh, all right, well, you know, I understand that. And he's like, oh, and also, I'm not going to be here. I'm leaving tomorrow morning, so I'm leaving out of town. So you got to come get this stuff tonight. Wow. This is like two trailers loads of heavy commercial-grade equipment, and I don't even own a truck. And... uh so I got some friends together and we were able to get a truck, a trailer, and uh, had to wait till my, my mom was a teacher, had to wait for her to come home from school. And I was like, mom, here's my business idea. What do you think? Can you help me? And without even flinching, she said, absolutely, let's go to the bank. She helped me out. I called my brother, told him the same thing. He's like, no worries. I believe in you. I'm going to send you a check overnight. So just like that, the next morning, move. It's been just amazing ever since. Wow, that's incredible, man. It's, um, yeah, I think sometimes, you know, especially starting off, and I think with a lot of people who are into strategy and, and business strategy and, you know, development, I think we have that tendency to just get a piece of paper and pen or, you know, tablet, phone, whatever, and just start trying to figure stuff out immediately. Like, you know, and it's almost like sometimes I feel like God can give us an idea, and then we'll just snatch the idea from him and just run with it ourselves. And, um, yes. and so, you know, just for anybody out there, if you have an idea, 
pray about it, like being consistent prayer. <laughs> and uh, because if you try to do it by yourself, you go run into what Kevin ran into, which is a frustration, frustration of failure. And um, so uh, I love that you shared that. And so you start getting equipment. And did you actually start in a garage or did you have like a small space to set up? Uh, where did you actually begin the, the gym at? We moved right into the place that was already there. So he had been there for 18 years. I want to say it was around 2,000 square foot. And we just moved in the same spot. So did y'all, like, did he own it? Or did, I mean, did you have to go to a bank and get rent? Or did you lease it? He was renting the spot. Okay. So uh, I'd met with the, the landlord. And we moved in there. And uh, it was only a seven-day turnaround from when he left to when we moved in. Oh, wow. So that was a fast transition. Yeah, because seven days before that, I didn't have a single thing. Wow. And I, like I said before, I, I did all this with, I think I had less than $800 in my bank account. So I had, I was very blessed with, you know, my family's the one who backed me with this. You know, I give all the credit to them for believing in me. And, you know, it's funny, one of your comments before, it's pretty funny that I was just talking to somebody about this the other day of, um, you know, I'm sitting down trying to plan out the next moves and what's going to happen next. And I'm thinking like, keep educating myself in business. And the more you learn, the more you, you realize you don't know anything. <laughs> and yet back then I knew nothing. And all I did was go. And I think so often that's the part that we miss is just, it starts with action. And sometimes you don't know everything, but you have to step out on faith and God just tells you to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think there are times where, you know, you do move at a fast pace, but I feel like, you know, God will let us know when you're supposed to, you know, when to act fast, but still with his guidance, Absolutely. Still, still with his guidance, uh, because, you know, we don't always have, you know, six months to plan out everything. And so, you know, like I said, I, I'm loving that part of the story. And, uh, so you move in now, uh, I have a feeling there, and this is me not knowing, I would assume there are some type of regulations you have to meet to have a gym. Or there was there anything that you had to do? Because I mean, I, I feel like there's liability issues, maybe insurance you had to have. Uh, what was was there any of that, that that was there that you had to go through? Yeah, but there really wasn't too much uh, red tape. The, the biggest part was honestly just trying to um, tell the landlord, "Hey, here's what I'm trying to do." And the part that helped me out the best was the previous uh, gym owner who was in the spot vouched for me. He said, "You know." I want Kevin in here next. I've been helping him start this and I think he's going to be good. He's been a customer of mine, you know, I'm vouching for him. So that I said that was the biggest thing just because without that I wouldn't have had a space. So I'd say that was the biggest, you know, red tape thing so to speak. But yeah, otherwise you need, you know, your liability insurance, your renters insurance. Um, now that I personal train, you need personal trainers insurance. It's all stuff that you pay for that you hope you never have to use. <laughs> If, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, uh, I just want, you know, because I, I do know a couple people who have, you know, thought about starting gyms. And, uh, and how much was the cost for, like, the, the insurances and stuff? Yeah. So um, usually the, the renters and liabilities, I think I pay right around twelve or $1,300. Uh, personal trainers is right around that also. And that's for a year cost. And that allows me to train on-site or off-site. So it's, it's a lot of flexibility. Um, and one of the, the biggest uh, obstacles from my perspective is I wanted to open a gym that I would want to personally lift at. And then where I grew up, it was a 
365 gym. There wasn't even a key. And that guy had been in business for 18 years. No cameras, nothing, right? So try to get somebody who's going to ensure that. Like, it's just <laughs> crazy, right? So, um, you know, I eventually did add cameras. We have a key code uh, on the door and stuff. But that's not where I started. You know, we, we changed to that. I was in that spot in the basement of a, of a commercial building for two years. And then I moved three miles straight down the road to uh, in the middle of town, Ohio. So I was in Bessemer, PA. That's where the, the roots were. And then we uh, moved and have been in the middle of town, Ohio for seven years now. Okay. Okay. And, uh, so was there, uh, w- were there any issues at all with not having a locking mechanism and all that stuff? Did you encounter anything or, or was it kind of smooth? Uh, I would say it was pretty smooth. Um, only one time there was something fishy before I, you know, ended up when I moved, I put the key code system on, but, uh, the one time I actually drove out to a neighboring town and I, I, my mom said that the gym was for sale out there and I'm like, all right, well, I'm, you know, being what, let's go find out if we can expand the business. So, uh, drove out there and there's a lady at the front desk and I start talking to her and she happens to be the actual owner. And she's like, no, it was a misprint paper we're not actually for sale as the person next to us so i was like this is a great opportunity to ask her questions about business so we started talking a little more and um i asked her what she used for security system and all this stuff and she's like what do you use and i said ma'am i don't, I don't honestly use anything <laughs> and she said oh what do you have on your door i'm like it's unlocked at the moment she's like how do you sleep at night i said i just pray a lot <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know any better, and it was it was such a tight knit community that you know that's my dream for the business is to have a, a open family, and I, I often um, accustom it to the the show Cheers, where people walk in, everybody knows your name, Norm, you know, hey, everybody's yelling good morning, good afternoon, you know, everybody's tight, and that's the kind of environment we try to foster. Right, right. Well, that's cool because, you know, I think, you know, I see a lot of people that go to the gym and uh, and I go to the local gym here and a lot of people just know each other and they come in, they chit chat, they exercise together and, you know, it's their own social environment and uh, right. that's their social media is, is the gym, much healthier social media. So, um, right. but that's cool, man. So uh, how long after being at the, the one resident did you say you moved to Ohio? Uh, I was there for two years. Two years, two years. And so were there, uh, was there anything, um, what were some of the biggest things that you would say that you probably learned, uh, going from the, the first place to the second? Was there any like big, like growing, uh, factor there or, or the biggest thing that shocked me was through, I'd say probably a six month transition period. Um, I ended up losing probably, I'd say, 85% of my PA clientele over a three-mile stretch of straight road. Wow. I never foresaw that whatsoever. Um, and they, they ended up going to just – they just drove the opposite direction pretty much and went to a different gym. But uh, it all ended up working out. No hard feelings, obviously. I still, I still live in, the, in Bessemer. Um, but that just really shocked me. So it was only three miles away. Only three miles. And 85% of people said that was too far. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing because, I mean, you know, that almost, you know, puts an exclamation mark on how much convenience you can serve. Um, Right. 
It's three miles is not that far, but you know, and I'd say myself, like we have a little small tiny gym here at our house, and then I go to, you know, I, I go to my local Y, which is probably seven miles further away. And my wife doesn't like going there because she says it's too far. There you and, go. Uh, and so, you know, just that's it, it is. I do see that myself and I never thought that really was a big deal, but uh, that's that's incredible, man. So did you uh, so did you kind of have the same uh, clientele that the previous owner had whenever you uh, took ownership? So whenever he sold his business, so to speak, uh, there was two guys that bought the equipment, took all of that out and started a different gym about 30 minutes away. So it was just an empty space. And because of that seven day lag of me moving in, there was probably, I'd say up to 50% of the people had already left. So even though it was only seven days, I was starting in the, the hole and the recruitment process already. So there, there was definitely some growing pains for sure. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Seven days and three miles. Yeah. That sounds like a book, man. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a book seven days and three miles <laughs> yeah. oh man so um one of the uh the coolest things when we moved that three miles um it all happened overnight you know i i was a big advocate of no one should have to miss a workout and all all the customers were so gracious of so many people volunteered their time of we started at seven o'clock at night tore everything down, put it on flatbeds, trucks, cars, everything, drove it three miles, reassembled everything, and we were open again for business at 6 a.m. Wow, that's crazy, man. So, you know, I mean, you know, kind of going back just a little bit, a little backtrack. So did you establish it as an, uh, a, limited li a limited liability corporation, LLC? Yes, started out as an S-corp, and then after, um, I think it was before I got married, I did an LLC, yeah. Can you explain why you made that transition, what the differences are? Uh, main reason for the limited liability was uh, when I got married, if, heaven forbid, a lawsuit happened to happen, um, the person would only be able to attack my um, Iron Maid assets, so to speak, as opposed to things that we owned jointly, such as our home or our things in our house or our vehicles or anything. Right. And how does that change with the S-Corp? Um be honest i am not quite sure that was uh i remember researching it back then when i did it and it was uh brought to my attention by um my tax guy i can't honestly remember that oh, okay <laughs> i was just wondering because uh you know these are, i think these are the small things that people don't really think about whenever they want to start something is uh there, yeah. there's a lot of little small things here and there that if you have no business training at all that you just don't know was there. And, uh, and so it's hard to plan for it and all those things. And so what would you say your, your, your total, uh, if you can remember, what was your total startup cost from, you know, rent to insurance, to equipment, to filing the legal paperwork? Uh, what does it take somebody to get started? Would you say, I mean, and I know you bought a lot of secondhand stuff, so that, that takes into account, but, uh, you know, any of us could buy secondhand stuff. And so could you give a roundabout on what the, the total cost was to actually get started? Yeah, I think I spent uh, 8000 in equipment right up front. And then it was 500 in rent and probably 180 to 200 in utilities every month. So the relatively cost was pretty low, but that's also pretty high when you don't even 
have $900 to start with. So, uh, my goal was, I want everything paid off in less than a year. And I had it all paid off in 11 months because I was still working multiple other jobs whenever I started it. I'm glad you threw that in there. So, so you, even with owning this business, you still had other things you were doing outside of it. Yeah. I was, uh, farming and doing construction half the day. Then I do side roofing jobs, um, all to get out of, you know, debt sooner and, you know, pretty much just to keep my hands busy everywhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, did you, did you, uh, did you set a goal on when you wanted to go full time with the gym? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Was that good or bad that you, you kind of sounded like you should have? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, let's see. Full time happened a little over two years ago. So when I got, when I got married, for when I got married, I accepted a new position um, doing sales of galvanizing kettles all over the world. I did that for five years. That was an amazing experience. Got to do a little bit of traveling and it really pushed me out of my comfort zone because I'm naturally a very introverted person. And uh, so I had to deal with sales calls and meeting with people. And I would say 100% of the people were older than me than what I was dealing with because they'd been in the industry for a long time. Um, so I got to see a lot of different sides of business and that taught me a lot. And then, you know, but right around the five year mark came and I was supposed to go on this, uh, this business trip and I ended up not having to go or not getting to go. And in that exact same week that I got told a security job that I had asked about two years prior, it was part time. It was like a night shift work had opened up and so then I started thinking, well, maybe this is a good outlet for uh, doing the gym full time. So I started, I made sure I started with prayer this time because I learned my mistakes. <laughs> I'm like, shame on me if I do this again. So uh, my wife and I, we were praying about it and I decided, you know, I think this is the way I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to be personal training full time, which personal training is something that I specifically, I got asked about whenever I first opened my gym and I said, absolutely, I'll never do that. And here I am doing it full time. So it was just a whole nother God thing of, I went from having one job to transitioning in two weeks to working three or four different jobs. Cause then I had security on top of that. Then I ended up hurting my neck and going to the chiropractor. And while I was there, they offered me a personal training job there. So that's where I actually started while I was starting my own personal training business. So it was just, you know, uh, it was an all out sprint and it was exhausting, but it was all worth it. And just another amazing example of God's grace. Right, right. Now, I, I got a feeling even with the stuff we've already talked about and these questions I'm coming up with, uh, this is going to be a very business one on one class in a realistic, practical setting. And questions that a lot of people have because uh one of them that i thought about was the fact that you worked with another company for you know five years and it sounds like it was a bigger company uh in terms of like health insurance one of the biggest questions that people have when it comes to starting their business is being able to afford health insurance because i think most people can afford like i think most people can meet the uh like like the the actual paycheck you know what I'm saying? Like, I think people right. could leave their job and, and get the money to replace their bill money and stuff. But the insurance typically is a harder struggle. Uh, was that something that uh, that, you, that you had to face? 
Uh, it was not. Uh, right before I got married, I spent probably a year, year and a half without any health insurance at all, which was very dangerous because I'm very injury prone. But uh, when I got married, my wife's a teacher, so I was able to get on her health insurance. So I didn't. We didn't have that that worry whatsoever. So that helped out a lot. Okay. But I completely understand that situation. That's uh, that's really tough because we've talked about you know w- when would it be feasible if ever for my wife to stay home. And honestly, sometimes it comes down to health insurance and it's just crazy that people have to pay that much. Yeah. Have y'all looked into it? Not to the dollar. Okay. No. Okay. Cause I know, you know, whenever I had thought about, I looked into it and I mean, and I'm diabetic, so it's, you know, for a family, I think it's a little over a thousand dollars just, you know, right here in, in my area. And that's that's a lot of money. Yes, it is a lot of money, especially when you're paying that much and you're hoping you never actually have to use it. Then it looks like, oh man, that's a waste of money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so you know that's you know I guess that's a lesson for people out there. Um, if you are wanting to start a business and you have a spouse who has insurance, that's definitely the way to go. And uh, and, and and I know there's a lot of people that actually I've heard of a lot of people doing that. And so that seems to be kind of the popular route and uh, and probably this one of the smarter routes. So, but, uh, you know, for anybody who might be single out there, that's, that's a different kind of, uh, struggle. So, uh, yeah, hopefully one day we'll be able to figure out an answer to that. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, man. So with, uh, with, with you working so many other jobs, how did the, uh, how did the, I guess the management of the company work? Did you have other people working for you? How did all that kind of go about while you were still working other jobs? We did not have anybody else on the books whatsoever. It was uh, just me there whenever I could be there. And that's that's kind of the beauty of it. It's sort of we operate under the honor system, so to speak. So when someone new comes in, we sign them up, tell them what the rules are. You know, here's your forms you need to sign. Here's what to do. When you're last person out, lock this up, turn these lights off. You're good to go. Um, obviously, you know, my mom, my sister – my wife, they worked out there, so when they were there, they were able to take care of some uh, things that needed done. But yeah, it was pretty uh, turnkey operation. Nice, nice. And with the uh, the contract wise, were there you know what are some of the things that you had to put in there for uh, for your clientele? <coughs> so we had a liability waiver um, drawn up by my tax attorney, and it's pretty much. You know, they have to sign this. That gives you, you're waiving your rights if you get injured to sue because you're assuming that you're operating under um, the best guidelines for lifting techniques and whatnot. And you know, we have a social media waiver in there also that we're allowed to use your image for our the Iron Maid gym purposes. Um, and then if they're under 18, obviously they need a parental signature and sign off and whatnot, and they're good to go. Awesome, man. So, uh- question with a tax attorney and i actually thought about this a while ago whenever i was coming up with the business plan that i had to do for school myself is um with with the tax attorney is that somebody who you have to like pay a retainer to every month or is it like certain things that work for you to help you draw up certain contracts and things like that how does that work in terms of the you know the business and like financial wise yeah so i'm a big fan of uh surrounding yourself with wise people and learning from other people's mistakes so saves you yourself time um this guy was referred to me by 
uh, one of my previous employers, and he was able to pretty much do everything, draw up any documents that I want. He does my mine and um, my houses, you know, um, taxes at the end of the year. And uh, he's an attorney, so if anything, God forbid, does happen, he can represent us in court. Uh, we don't have to pay, you know, monthly or anything. It's just per document, per, you know, thing that he does for us. That's how he charges. Okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, because I, I think whenever I was researching it, like, tax attorneys were one of the more expensive parts of starting up something. And so that's uh, – and, and I'm seeing a lot of people were doing, like, they would just kind of pay them per uh, – as needed, you know, it's kind of PRN. How much does the the gym in a year uh, bring in revenue wise? Well, since we just finished up taxes, uh, I can say that last year we had our biggest growth, which was seventeen percent. So okay. that was a a the biggest uh, increase whatsoever. And part of that's due to we were able to um, hire another personal trainer. Uh, he works at a private contractor setup, so he's not always on the books. He's not like a full-time employee or anything. We chose to handle it in that manner, so he works when he's needed. Um, but that was just another uh, – that was a great decision because being able to delegate work knowing that I can't take on everything. And not only that, but personal training-wise, that each client, no one's – I'm sorry, not everyone's going to respond the best to me. And I need to be able to realize that. So if they operate better under somebody else's facility, then they deserve them. And uh, that's just a big change that we had to make and some growing pains through that. But he, that guy's doing a great job for us. We're happy to have him as long as he stays. And that was a big uh, contribution to our growth for sure. Nice. And, you know, I think delegation I hear is kind of a hard thing to do, especially if you've been doing something for so long yourself, bringing somebody else in and saying, here, I trust you with this, uh, seems to be kind of a hard thing to do. Was it hard to begin with or did you already kind of have that uh, ease about it? Uh, because I knew him for a decent amount of time and, you know, I saw how he trained. I saw that he was competing in bodybuilding also. It's something he fell in love. He was a previous athlete also. Uh, I had a real ease about it. I really didn't have any worries. Um, it, was, it was a smooth transition, to be honest. It was good. So you're not really dealing with a whole lot of people that you don't know on somewhat of a personal basis? As far as the employee-wise, no. As far as client base, yeah. A lot of them we never even saw before. Right, right. And, I'm, and that's part of the contract, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you had that there as that kind of safeguard. And um, so that's cool. So is there anybody else working at the gym right now? Or are you just there full time yourself with your, uh, your partners and family? Yep. I'm just there full time. Now, what was that transition like going full time? Because uh, I mean, were you already pulling in any type of income beforehand before you went full time? Nope. I never took any money as far as like a salary until I did go full time. And uh, even then it was hard because you had to build up a personal training client base first before you could, you know, clear all your overhead and whatnot. So that was a, that was a little tough for the first couple months, but you know, you just, it's, it starts back to, you know, when I first started the gym that 
I have no idea what I'm doing. So let's just try this and see if it works. And if not, then adapt. Right. Right. And so is like, do you, do you take like a, like a owner's type of income or do you just do like personal training income? Uh, we, I do a percentage base. So after I take out everything and we put into savings and then we, uh, tithe and then we see what we got left and we're like, all right, that's what we need. That was going to be my question too. <laughs> yeah. no, we, do you, like, do you tithe as a company? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And is it to you like your local church? Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Awesome. I think that's something else that, you know, I, I think we know as individuals to tithe our income. And uh, I don't know how many people, you know, think about the tithing as a company quite as much. I mean, the only time I ever really heard about it was through, you know, Dave Ramsey. And um, so, but, you know, I think from his perspective, it's like, you know, you tithe to nonprofits or, you know, or, you know, churches are nonprofit, but, you know, other nonprofit organizations, I guess. Right. And, uh, and so that's, it's really cool that you do that. And, and I do believe that there is, uh, I do believe in sowing and reaping and I feel like that's a part of that too. So, uh, you know, just being honorable with your money and, you know, giving God what's his. So, uh, so what's, uh, what was your growth strategy like in terms of getting a new clientele and how did you know how much, uh, to charge? Cause I feel like sometimes when we start off, we want to charge a really, really low just to get people in the door. Right. But then when you do that, eventually you do have to raise the prices and that can make you lose some of your clientele. What was your uh, kind of strategy in that getting people in and how did you know what to charge them? Right. Um, so we pretty much called around all the places around us within, I'd say, a 20 mile radius, um, seeing what their memberships were, seeing what they were charged for personal training, um, asking the business minded people around me what they thought of this, what they thought of that. And, you know, it kind of comes down to, all right, here's what you don't want to make it too cheap because then it lessens your value of what you're offering. And, you know, eventually you're going to have to up your rate. So how big of a hike do you want? Um, our goal is to make it affordable um, for the person who's really looking to get the most out of it. And that's sometimes the frustrating part of training is if you want it more than your client does but we have a lot of great stories coming out people really changing their lives i mean we have one kid who just lost 141 pounds and it's not even a year yet wow yeah it's it's amazing the people who really you know it's just like anything else the people who who really buy into something who really uh immerse themselves are going to get the most out of it. And you can apply that to anywhere in your life whatsoever. So it's, it's, it's very humbling and very, uh, fulfilling really to walk alongside of those people and see them transform and really take a hold of their life. Yeah. And I feel like that gives you an extra sense of motivation for why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot of business books and stuff like that. In the last couple of weeks, I've really tried to figure out my why, and, you know, to be able to write it down specifically. And part of that comes from uh, digging into Simon Sinek's um, uh, books. And one of them was Start With Why. And uh, he gives a great example of Apple and how they're so good at their why that they're able to cross different platforms of business and be successful anywhere they go. And as I'm asking myself that week after week and struggling with it and asking people, what do you think my why is? What do you think the gym's why is? God literally just reminded me 
twice in a week that my why is I'm in the, the people business. And, you know, it's amazing when people come into your office and are like, hey, I got this going on. Can I never told anyone this, but, you know, and they finish those sentences with just amazing things that it just leaves me in my office crying with them and praying with them and hugging them. And it's just amazing to see what God has done through such a, a small business. It's such a blessing to have that type of, uh, you know, not, not every gym does that. I don't know any gym that does that. And so, you know, having that is like an extra, it's, it's like an extra free service, you know, it's like a complimentary thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, coffee at the door, except it's a lot more valuable. We have, uh, there's three extra chairs in our office and someone always joked, I'm not sitting in those chairs. That's for things. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it's true, but sometimes, you know, one, one of the biggest lessons I've learned, I've tried to implement uh, walking daily, which I fail at continually, is simply treating people with empathy and being generous and uh, just meeting people where they are with love. And that's one of the biggest challenges, not only in life, but in business, because, you know, things are going to go wrong. But it's, how, what are you going to correct? How are you going to adapt? What good are you going to see from it? Right, right. So, and, you know, kind of going back again, you know, with the people you, you, you say that you'd like to talk to, to other business like-minded people. So are there, is, do you have like a group that you kind of, like a specific group you surround yourself with? Are you part of any type of group that meets uh, on a regular basis to kind of just make sure you're on track or up to date on the latest business stuff. Is there anything like that that you're a part of? I am not, but I wish I would be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so I was, uh, reading the other day, listening to some podcasts and the guy was talking about, you don't need to put yourself at somebody else's, you know, becking call for a week or a month to be there um, servant to learn, you know, there's so many books out there. Just follow the person on social media, read all their books, see what that's about. And the, re- the last eight months and so I'd really have dove into reading and I really hated reading before, to be honest, I wasn't good at it. I didn't feel like I read anything that worth, was worthwhile. And uh, I've just gotten so much out of it, uh, recently. And, you know, Tom Bilyeu, he specifically talks about when, readings developed correctly it's your superpower so i'm trying to be a learner yeah knowledge is uh knowledge is power and you know wisdom comes from god so uh having that knowledge and and transforming that into wisdom and and being wise is just uh it's incredible it it can cause you to do it allows you to do pretty much anything yeah and so you know being able to empower yourself by by learning and growing and i'm a huge fan of continuing to learn all the time and so um I was going to wait to the to the end to ask, but you know, I guess I'll just go ahead and ask you now. What are some uh, good podcasts that you enjoy, and some of the, the the business books you've read lately that's made kind of the biggest impact? Yeah. Um, so podcasts, I would say one I just recently started listening to, and I'm so upset I'd not listen start listening to it before was Westside Barbell. Uh, listening to their training techniques, their conjugate methods. Um, of training, things like that. It's just amazing. So I've really dove headfirst into that one recently. Um, as far as other podcasts um, on YouTube, one of the biggest guys who's been an influence in me is Tom Bilyeu. He was one of the co-founders of Quest Nutrition. Uh, he has three different podcasts going on. 
Um, Can you spell that last name? Tom Billu. That's a good. B I L Y E U. Maybe it's got to be close. Uh, okay. <laughs> B I L Y E U. Wow, I was right. Look at that. Hey, uh, but. Yeah, he uh, has a great podcast going on. And one, one of the things that I like the most about him is that I don't agree with everything he says. I think it's, it is dangerous to surround yourself by people who think just like you because that's not going to challenge you. And that, that's one of the biggest things that I get out of him. Um, Ryan Holiday, uh, his book, Perennial Seller, that one really spoke to me of you know building a, a email database, a following before you actually need them. So later on in your business, whenever you uh, need something, you're gonna, you're gonna make a big move that you're gonna need their support with and that you wanna flood them with good, useful information that will help better them. That book really helped me with that. Um, Is that the same guy that did um, Growth Hacker? I don't know. I'll look it up. I, I, I'm pretty sure... I, I think back and look. I'm pretty sure he did another book called Growth Hacker, and uh, which is pretty good. So, okay. I know I've heard that name before in the business uh, realm. Yeah. What was the name of the book again? Uh, Perennial Seller. Patrick Lencioni. He's another great one. Um, the Five Temptations of a CEO and Obsessions of Extraordinary Executive. I saw him speak also, and he's just a good Christian guy. He tells stories with business and it is just amazing like he's awesome i really enjoy his stuff um i mentioned before simon sinek uh, another book of his leaders eat last uh, about david green one of the founders of uh, hobby lobby giving it all away was the title of his book about philanthropy but also just being humble in what you're doing and letting god work through you in that um i, I could go on but this just uh I've really enjoyed learning and getting all these people and stuff like that. It's just amazing. So do you like, do you like to find uh, some of the bigger Christian business leaders or do you just kind of pay attention to any business leader with great information? I'll pretty much read everything. Okay. <laughs> some people are, uh, I mean, I, 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 I hate to say it, but some people are very religious about who they listen to business wise. Yeah. And so they'll only look for Christian business leaders, but I feel like there's other there's other things to learn from other people who are not, you know, Christians. You know, yeah, not that they're you know like Satanist or anything. But uh, under under, and I think that goes back to being challenged with what you believe. And just because someone's not a Christian doesn't mean they don't have good business ideas. So I think you can always learn from everybody. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's a good list. I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna try to create. Uh, I'm gonna try to take those books and those podcasts, put them on the website uh, under our show notes page. That way, people can access those, and um, and in the podcast as well. So, uh, any more that you have that you want to send me a list, um, you know, Kevin, that that'd be great, and I'll add them on there as well. So, and I'm gonna have to read some of these myself because I haven't read some of these, but I definitely heard Simon Sinek's name a lot. Yeah. So, uh, definitely, everybody needs to read that. Leaders eat last. So, uh, so yeah, man. So, you know, just to kind of round it up, is, is there any type of, uh, you know, just some good advice you want to give somebody that, uh, just to kind of, you know, leave an imprint in somebody's you know mind and heart if they're trying to get started in business that, that you feel like, you know, anybody needs to know when getting started. Yeah. 
I think one of the biggest questions and what I've tried diving into is what's your passion? Um, it's such a, a big question and a lot of people struggle with it of their meaning of life and whatnot. And I think it comes down to once again, just action. And if you're willing to go out there and try new things, that's the only way you're going to find your passion. And, you know, with that, when you find it, it's going to give you more energy than it takes. If it doesn't, then it is not your passion. And if it is, then you're going to find your purpose with it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I had just heard lately, and it kind of fits that, is, you know, God doesn't create anybody and then figure out a purpose for them. Right. Uh, you know, God knows that there's something wrong here on earth in your area or somewhere, and he creates you for that purpose. Yep. And so I think one of the most important things for us to do is find that purpose. Uh, and that purpose, you know, usually almost always has passion behind it. And then figure out how to, you know, grab it by the horns and go and do something with it. Yep. And, uh, and thankfully, man, you're there making a difference in your community, man. And, you know, I appreciate that myself, even though I'm not there, you know, locally. But, uh, but just seeing people, you know, outside of the, um, the, the, the pastoral you know, ministry realm, making a difference and changing people's lives, uh, spiritually and physically. I, I feel like, you know, physicality is one thing that uh, I don't see, you know, mainstream, I hate to use it, but like mainstream Christianity or mainstream Christians that I see in the world don't really focus on the physical body that much, taking care of it. But, uh, but you know, God gave us one body, so I appreciate you having a place where they can go and take care of that and also, uh, you know, find some spiritual food if they need it as well. And so that's incredible, man. Kevin, I do appreciate your time, man. And, uh, you know, anybody who might be in your local area who'd want to check out your gym, uh, about where is it at? And, um, you know, cause I mean, there might be somebody in your area who, who wants to check it out. Uh, where, where's it at? Where can they find it at? Yeah, it's on 5131 East Cala Road. It's right between uh, Springfield and Poland. You can find us on our Instagram and on our website as well. Cool. And what's that under? Iron Maid Gym. Iron Maid Gym. Well, Kevin, man, like I said, I appreciate your time. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing what goes on with your gym. Hopefully it grows if that's what you know you want to do, you know, what God wants you to do. And, uh, and I'm sure you'll be in prayer about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the, the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you for all you do as well. All right. Thank you for being here for the interview. Yes, sir. All righty. That was the interview with Mr. Kevin Byers from Iron Maid Gym. Uh, I learned a lot myself and I was asking from a genuine interest because you know, I do go to the gym myself and a lot of times I'm just there as a, you know, a customer and I'm thinking, I wonder how they, you know, they do this, they do that. I wonder wonder how they got started, you know, all that stuff. I'm very curious in that regard. And so, you know, I was able to get those questions answered by somebody who owns their own gym, which for me was a really, really cool thing. And uh, so anyway, if, if, if it helped you out at all, please let me know. I'd love to get some feedback on that. And I also want to say uh, we are the, the current podcast channel, which if you're listening to this, then you're probably listening from the Trackstars website or from uh, the new iTunes Look or the new iTunes channel, I'd say, 
you have to subscribe on iTunes for the new Business with the Bordeaux show. It has the, the Trackstars T in the corner of it because we are part of the Trackstars podcasting network officially now in that regards. So uh, make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, I did notice, though, and I didn't notice before, and I apologize for not saying it. I actually did have a couple of people who went and rated and reviewed the show. And I think uh, right after that happened, I started having people reach out to me about the show, about coming on to be interviewed and things like that. So I thank you to anybody who was left a review. And if you want to go under the new channel and you, know, you can just do the same review or update it, do whatever, I would you know, greatly appreciate that. And I thank you all for doing that because it does help expose others to the show. And so... Again, though, we are doing the uh, Conversations with Stars giveaway. So make sure you take uh, your favorite episode of the show, share it on your social media, and hashtag Business with Bordeaux. Do that by May 1st. You may want to do it today just in case you forget just while you're on your phone. Just go ahead and do it, and uh, you will enter in to win a chance for this signed, uh, signed copy of the book from Kelly Cole. Again, that's Conversations with the Star or Sharks. Sorry. Conversations with the Sharks, in which he actually interviews Barbara Cochran and uh, Damon Green or John. Lord, can't get that right. Damon John uh, from Shark Tank. And uh, you get a lot of great information there. And so I also want to thank Mr. Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com for being a patron for the show. And make sure you hit him up and uh, get, uh, you know, get a nice shirt. Get something. Uh, you got some tank tops too. You can work out in, or you can just walk around in the summertime. And so I appreciate y'all doing that, supporting those who support this show. And uh, please, please keep in prayer. And if you're able to give financially, uh, go over to the GoFundMe that Trackstars has on their uh, webpage, their Twitter and everything. And it's on mine as well. But uh, Crispy, he is our social media director at Trackstars. Please, please keep him in your prayers. He's already had like three or four surgeries in a, a time frame of seven days. And so, again, he had the... Uh, the acidic acid or the acid, the corrosive acid, poured on his body 60% uh, from a home invasion attack. So uh, please keep him in your prayers, uh, and you know we really appreciate that. Uh, he's part of the kingdom. He's part of the body of Christ. So he is your brother as much as he is mine. And so please do that, and we would appreciate it. And until next time, I hope you grow in your walk. I hope you grow in your business, and I hope you go further in your journey. Thanks, and God bless.